Welcome to Moments in Truth. I am your host, G.T. Stikes. The purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. Now, today we are back in the book of John, chapter 2, and we are looking at Jesus and his disciples at the Passover feast in Jerusalem. So if you have your Bibles and you can look at them, Follow along as I read, starting in verse 13. Now, if you don't have your Bible, just listen as I read. Verse 13 says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money, and overturned the tables. And Jesus said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now, it's Passover time, and Jesus and his disciples head to Jerusalem. Now, the celebration of Passover was the commemoration of what event? What event from the Old Testament? Does anyone remember? It is the event of the angel of the Lord passing over Egypt, God protecting the Jews and God leading the Jews out of Egypt and onto the promised land. Now, something that I find interesting is that when we read through the Gospels, we see Jesus paying close attention to both days and events that the Jews took the time for worship. And when Jesus goes to worship, He doesn't show up in the middle or near the end, but he makes the effort to be there at the beginning. For instance, look with me at verse 12 of John chapter 2. After this, Jesus went down to Capernaum. He, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Now, there are two important notes that I want to make here. First, Jesus did not stay long because it was the time of the Passover. So they began to make their journey to Jerusalem. They didn't wait. Because Jesus teaches us not just by what he says, but by what he does. And Jesus makes the effort to be at Passover at the beginning. Now, what happens when Jesus gets to Jerusalem? Well, the first thing he does is he goes to the temple. Now, he didn't look for lodging or to go see a friend. His very first priority is worship, which leads him to the temple first. Now, Jesus entered the temple, and he noticed a change from the last time that he came. The difference was business happening, buying and selling in the place where people worshiped God. And we see two different primary selling points here. First, money changers and those selling animals, doves, sheep, and oxen. Now, the reason for the money changers is because of Jewish law. The Jewish law required a temple tax when you entered of half a shekel, which is about eight grams of silver. Now, in our market value today, that's about five dollars. Now, according to Jewish law, you couldn't use coins with a pagan image on it. So you had to use Jewish money. So when Jews came into town, they would need to get some of their money exchanged for the temple tax. Naturally, there would be money changers in Jerusalem to fill this need. And by the way, money changers charged extra on top to pay themselves for the service they were providing. 
in some cases, they would completely rip people off. Now, it's interesting that there are money changers in the temple because that's prime real estate, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. Now, what about those selling animals? They were selling doves, sheep, and oxen. And again, according to Jewish law, you were to sacrifice an animal during the Passover. And these were all based on what you had financially. Now, all of these animals would have been sold within the city. But here, at a prime location where you're going to go anyway, you can get the animals that you need for an extra fee, of course. Now, the big question that I have here is how did these businessmen get access to selling in the temple? They would never have been allowed in the temple because of Jewish law. I mean, the priests, the priests would have forced them out because the priests oversaw everything in the temple. Now, the only way that those men had access to sell in the temple is if they had permission to do so. And they had that permission from the priests who profited from these sales. Now, who do you think was more angry about Jesus removing these men? The merchants? Or the priests. And by the way, Jesus comes back for another Passover in the future. And guess who's back? This will not be the only time that Jesus removes sellers from the church. And the next time we really see the priests getting upset. The Pharisees get in on it and want Jesus removed permanently. And why remove Jesus? Because he's bad for business. Now when the church becomes a business, the church has become corrupted. In Jesus' own words, he says, Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now, there are too many churches and even those who claim to be Christian ministries who sell the name of Jesus. They sell prayers to people. They sell forgiveness. They sell hope in God for their own profit. And the corruption of man today is great, profiting from the worship of God. And that is not Jesus's way. Well, let's finish reading the rest of this event. Look with me at verse 17. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now, Jesus' disciples remembered Psalm chapter 69 and verse 9 and identified Jesus' zeal for God's house. Jesus had a zeal for the things of God, and he did not want anyone to try to pollute those things. Now, this is a great reminder for us today. Where is our focus? Where is our treasure? You know, we as the followers of Christ should be zealous for the things that Jesus is zealous of. We should desire what he desires. We should follow in our Savior's steps and be zealous for the things of God. Now, what the Jews are asking here, and this is likely the merchants and the priests and those who may have had some authority like the Pharisees, they are demanding to know what authority Jesus has to make these changes in the temple. Now, today we might say, what gives you the right to do this thing? I find it particularly interesting how Jesus responds. He is not talking about the physical temple, but he's talking about his own body. And no one understands his meaning. And it was said in order that they would think about it and meditate on the meaning. Now, the disciples only realize the meaning once Jesus rises from the grave three days after his death. 
The late pastor Adrian Rogers once said, If your faith can't get you to church on Sunday, I doubt if it will get you into heaven. Now, I find his statement interesting, and I don't share it lightly. His point was highlighting the importance of going to church, especially for those who claim to know Christ, but don't make it a priority. Now, I know that people have to work on Sundays and at times can't always make it to church, and I know life gets in the way sometimes. And I know that many argue that going to church doesn't make you a Christian, and that's very true. However, Jesus made his day of worship important, and he didn't go off on his own and declare that he can worship in his own way, but instead he worshiped in God's prescribed way. And as we study what Jesus said in the Gospels, and even what his disciples went on to preach in the New Testament, we see such an emphasis on Jesus's design for the church, not in the building, but in the people of the church. We see that Jesus meant for gospel believers to gather regularly, not just on Sundays either, but regular fellowship, regular Bible study, and then a day dedicated to worship together. Now, Sunday is my dedicated day to worship, and I make it a point to worship together with other believers because that is Jesus' design for his people, and I want to honor and obey Jesus. Now, I have a great passage for you to meditate on today, and I would take this one and add it to your box of spiritual encouragements for you to meditate on again in the future. But this passage is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, which says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, we're going to talk about this passage again in future episodes, but it is a good one to keep in your mind. Let me pray for you today. Lord God and Heavenly Father, I pray for the listeners today. I pray that you would bring them encouragement and help through whatever trial or obstacle that they are facing today. I thank you for the text that we looked at. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the examples that you give to us over and over again in Scripture of what is right and what is true. I pray, Lord, that we would make our worship important, important enough to be there on time and to be a whole part of the whole worship time, the whole worship experience, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would honor you with the way that we worship, Lord, and that we would not make your house a place of entertainment or a place of um, merchandise or a place just to go for the sake of going, Lord, but let it be an important time of fellowshipping and encouraging each other and enjoying listening to your word and listening to what you would want for us to hear and to know. I pray, Lord, that you would help us today as we are facing our battles, that we put what is most important in front of us. Help us to set our mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, as you tell us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Lord, thank you for your spiritual truths. May we use them today to glorify and honor you. In your name I pray these things. Amen. If you live in the Campbell, California area and you don't have a place to worship, I would like to invite you out to Campbell Bible Church. They meet every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Now, if you don't live in Campbell and you are not a regular attender anywhere, 
I would like to encourage you today to find a good place that can minister to your heart and teach you the truth of Scripture. I will pray today that you find the place that God wants you at the most. And if you struggle with finding a place that teaches the truth, reach out to Campbell Bible Church and they will pray for you and help you find a church that teaches the truth in your area. I'll put a link to the church in the show notes. And don't miss episode 9 of this series. I will be taking us through one of the most well-read chapters of the Bible, John chapter 3, for a fresh look. Don't miss out. Thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with G.T. Stikes. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. We would love for more people to hear the truth of God's Word. You can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Please be sure to check today's show notes for links to any additional resources, encouragements, and how you can help with this ministry.